All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, uh, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. I, I took a day off. I had a birthday party to go to. I had some social engagement to go to, so I had to unwind for just a little bit, but I am back. Uh, I, am, I am here for you guys. This is the top of the week, so this is going to be a sports day. I got, uh, I'm only going to be talking about a couple different topics today, but I'm going to be going in depth a little bit. I got some college football to get into. I'll be going over the top 25 scores from over the weekend and I got some uh, conference previews as well. Today I'll be going over the Sun Belt as well as uh, the American Athletic Conference. I got some baseball news as well as some scores from last night and some standings as well for the top of the week of course. So let's get right into it. Again, I'm going to start off with the college football conference previews uh, starting with the Sun Belt and uh, usually how I like to start it of course is I start everything with the standings from last year and go over the ball games as well. So let's get right into it. Of course, there are two groups in the Sun Belt, Group A and Group B. Uh, you can call those the divisions there. Uh, group A, Louisiana Lafayette will finish on top uh, with a conference record of 5-3, and three, winning them a share of the conference title, but they will go on to finish 7-7 seven seven overall. Next up, you have Arkansas State, who went 5-3. They finished 8-5 overall. Uh, next, you have Louisiana Monroe, who will go on to go 4-4 uh, four four in conference play and 6-6 six and six overall. And finally, at the bottom of Group A, you have South Alabama at two and six and three and nine, and also Texas State, who's three and nine as well overall, but finished one and seven in conference play last season. Off to Group B, where you have Appalachian State with the best record. Uh, you have them with seven. Well, yes, yeah, seven and one was their uh, conference record. Eleven and two. Uh, Overall, they also want to share the conference title. Up next, you had Troy come out of Group B with a 7-1 conference record, also a 10-3 overall record. Same thing with Georgia Southern. They also had a 10-3 conference record, 10-3 overall record, but a 6-2 conference record. Uh, and at the bottom of Group B, you had Coastal Carolina, who will finish the season 2-6 in conference play and 5-7 overall. And finally, Georgia State, who will go on to finish the season 1-7 in conference play and also 2 and 10 overall. Some notable ball games for the conference would be the New Orleans ball, uh, where Appalachian State was able to get a good win against Middle Tennessee. 45 to 13 was the final score there. In the Arizona ball, however, Arkansas State took a loss to Nevada, 13 to 16. And finally, in the Camellia ball, Georgia Southern was able to get a win against Eastern Michigan, 23 to 21. And the Sun Belt will go on to go three and two in their ball games. So let's move on um, a little bit further to this year. We're going to start off with the all-conference first-team offense, and that includes quarterback uh, Zach Thomas, a junior from Appalachian, uh, Appalachian State. Last year, he would go on to complete 62.6% of his passes for 2,039 yards, 21 touchdowns, and also six interceptions. Up next at the running back spot, we have his teammate, Darrington Evans Jr. Uh, Darrington Evans, another junior. Uh, again, last year, he ran for 1,187 yards as well as seven touchdowns. Up next, we got running back B.J. Smith, a senior from Troy. We got wide receiver Corey Sutton, a junior, again out of Appalachian State. Up next we have wide receiver Jamarcus Bradley, a senior from Louisiana Lafayette, who last year caught 40 passes for 608 yards as well as 10 touchdowns. Up next we got tight end Javonis Isaac, a junior from Arkansas State. And uh, rounding everything out on the offensive line, we got Noah Hannon, a senior from Appalachian State. Victor Johnson, a junior 
Jr. from Appalachian State, Kevin, Do uh, Kevin Dotson, a senior from Louisiana Lafayette, Robert Hunt, another senior from Lafayette, and finally here we got Kirk Kelly, a senior coming out of Troy. On the defensive side, we're going to go through the defensive line first. We have William Bradley King, a junior from Arkansas State, who last year compiled 33 total tackles, 9.5 tackles for loss, 5 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, and also a fumble recovery. Up next, we got Forrest, uh, Forrest Merrill, a junior from Arkansas State as well. We also got um, Raymond Johnson, a junior from Georgia Southern, and uh, we also got Finally, Tyree Turner, a senior from South Alabama. At the linebacker spot, we got uh, Aki Davis Gaither, a senior from uh, Appalachian State. We got uh, also got Brian London, a senior. Uh, Brian London, the second, excuse me, a senior from Texas State. Last year, he had 109 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and also a fumble recovery. And also on that secondary, we have defensive back Jerry Jacobs, a junior from Arkansas State. We have Defensive back Marquavion uh, Brinson, a senior from Georgia Southern, who had 67 tackles last year, nine to pass deflections, and also an interception. And finally, we have Kendall Valder, uh, Valdor, a senior from South Alabama. On the special teams, we have uh, kicker Tyler Bass, a senior from Louisiana Monroe, who last year converted 100% of his extra point uh, attempts, also 90% of his field goal uh, field goal attempts, and also you go on to add 102 points to that UL. Monroe offense. Uh, moving on, we have punter Brandon Wright, and we also have uh, return specialist Trey Mentor. Moving on, uh, let's go to the recruiting, and we're going to start off with Texas State. Texas State brought in 15 overall commits, four three-star recruits, including athlete Dylan Jantz and also safety Kevin Anderson. Uh, up next, we have Louisiana Monroe. Uh, they brought in 20 overall commits, nine three-star recruits, including wide receiver Shamar Johnson, defensive tackle Kevin Pointer, also linebacker Caden Roach, who is a 16th-rated three-star recruit in Arkansas. Next up, we got Alabama. They brought in 30 recruits, seven three-star guys, including quarterback Tyler Martin, a three of the third-rated three-star quarterback in the nation, and also the 25th overall three-star recruit in Mississippi. They also brought in running back Terion Avery, who was a seventh-rated three-star quarterback, uh, three-star running back, excuse me, in the nation, and a 34th overall three-star recruit in Mississippi. Up next, they also brought in off, uh, outside linebacker Patrick Rosette, who was a fourth-rated three-star prospect from Oklahoma, and also the 16th overall three-star uh, linebacker. And finally, they brought in uh, safety Trey Young. For Coastal Carolina, they come in next. They brought in 27 commits, eight three-star recruits, including safety Coleman Reich and athlete KJ Johnson. For Georgia Southern, they were bringing 25 recruits, 10 three-star commits, including uh, defensive back David Spaulding and tight end Bo Johnson. We're going up to uh, Appalachian State next. They brought in 18 commits, 16 three-star recruits. This includes quarterback David Baldwin Griffin. He's a 22nd-rated uh, third-star, three-star quarterback in the nation. They also brought in defensive back Raekwon Anderson and safety Brendan Harrington. Uh, rounding out the top four, you got Georgia State. They brought in 13 overall, actually 22 overall recruits, 13 three-star recruits, including defensive end Miles Dickens, quarterback Jamari Thrash, and offensive guard Luis Cristobal. Up next, we have Arkansas State. They brought in 25 guys, 16 three-star recruits, including athlete Jeff Foreman, who was a 16th-rated three-star prospect from Oklahoma. They also brought in running back Isaiah 
Azubuki. Uh, moving uh, moving on up, we got Troy here in the number two spot. Uh, they brought in 22 overall recruits. They also brought in 18 three-star recruits, including defensive back Reddy Stewart, the 31st overall three-star prospect from Alabama. They also brought in wide receiver Khalil McLean, the fourth overall three-star wide receiver prospect in the nation, and also the 14th overall three-star prospect from Kansas. And finally, at the top of the conference, you have Louisiana Lafayette, who brought a 26 overall commits, 22 three-star recruits, including defensive end Kendall Wilkerson. They also brought in athlete Brandon Lugan Gray and also linebacker Tyler Goodry. Now, for some of the key games coming up this year, I got the main one here. Uh, this is this is going to be the main one, I, I believe. The Appalachian State-Troy game. I think this game is going to determine the winner of the conference. Of course, this is already going to determine who wins Group B, uh, but I think the winner of Group B, either it be Troy or Appalachian State, is pretty much in the driver's seat in terms of winning the conference. Both teams had some of the best offenses and the best defenses in the conference um, last year, and a lot of those players uh, are returning. Uh, Appala both Appalachian State and Troy have um, have a lot of members on both the second team and all conference teams, so that ought to put them over the top, in my opinion. You also got Louisiana Lafayette, which I think is a very good game. Uh, they're going to be going to Arkansas State. I think Louisiana Lafayette uh, winning a piece of the conference championship last year is definitely going to be a favorite to win at least Group A, but it'll be interesting to see if they can get past Arkansas State. That's more, probably one of the better rushing offenses in the conference. Uh, as far as my favorites are concerned, I'm definitely um, at a cross between Troy and Appalachian State. Of course, they're going to be playing. Uh, they're going to be playing later on in the season, so that'll be a good chance to see uh, really who's the better team out of those two. Out of those two guys, I really don't see uh, anybody coming out of the fray. In terms of a dark horse, I definitely like Louisiana Lafayette. They definitely won the conference last year, and the guy did mention Arkansas State. I think that matchup is a good matchup between two dark horses. Uh, Arkansas State, like I said, has one of the best running offensive uh, running offenses in the. Uh, in the conference has a pretty good defense as well so again uh those two games i find very interesting app state going to troy also louisiana lafayette traveling to arkansas state and as far as my favorites go of course like i said troy and appalachian state my dark horses i got appalachian state i'm sorry my dark horses i have louisiana lafayette here as far as the sleeper goes i'm really not too sure right now um if anything, uh, actually, I think Georgia State had a really good upset win this weekend. I believe they played, um, I think it was Tennessee. They got a really good upset win against the Vols there in Tennessee, uh, out there in, uh, I believe it's Knoxville. So, I, I, I mean... I wouldn't say that they, well, no, I, just because of that win right there, they, they that was their best win that they've had on the road ever in their uh, history of being in FBS football. So because of that, I can move Georgia State to a sleeper spot in terms of winning this conference. I don't have a problem with that. All right, y'all, uh, let's move on to the American Athletic Conference. Uh, of course, we're going to start off with the standings from last year. In the Eastern Division of the American Conference at the, the American Athletic Conference, uh, UCF, a.k.a. Central Florida, will finish on top. They'll finish also with a number 11 ranking in the nation. Uh, but in terms of how they finish in that conference, they finished 8-1 in conference play, 12-1 overall. Of course, that was
would win them the conference championship, and their only loss that season would come in the Fiesta Ball versus LSU. Uh, up next, we have Temple, who went seven and one in conference play. They went eight and five overall. Up next, we have Cincinnati, who will go on to finish the season at uh, number twenty-one in the nation, at six and two in conference play and eleven and two overall. Up next, we have South Florida, who finished three and five in conference play and seven and six overall. And rounding out the uh, the Eastern Division here, we have Eastern Carolina, who finished the season one and seven overall. Three, uh, one and seven in conference play and three and nine overall, and also UConn, who finished zero and eight in conference play and one and eleven overall. Up next, we have Memphis in the Western Division. They will go on to win that division with a record, a conference record of five and three, and will go on to finish their season eight and six. Houston uh, would also finish five and three in conference play and eight and five overall. Uh, up next, we have Tulane, who probably finished with one of their best conferences, conference records in a long time at five and three. They also finished with a pretty decent uh, overall record of 7-6 and got one of their first ball games in a very long time. Uh, up next, we have uh, Southern Methodist University, a.k.a. SMU, who went on to go 4-4 four and four in conference play and also 5-7 and seven overall. And at the bottom, we have Tulsa and Navy, who both finished 2-6 uh, and six in conference play and 3-10, and ten, actually 3-9 overall. Let's move on to some of the key ball games for this conference. Uh, first up, we have the Cure Ball with Tulane getting a win against Louisiana Lafayette, 41-24. In the Military Ball, Cincinnati was able to get a good win against Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Cincinnati was able to get a good win against Virginia Tech from the ACC. 35-31 was the final score. And probably in the probably most important ball for the conference, UCF, like I said, Central Florida, was not able to get it done against LSU in the Fiesta Ball. 32-5. Uh, 40 was the final score there and as a conference the American Athletic did not do so well in their ball games they would go on to finish two and four in that realm of the season but let's fast forward a little bit to this year of course we're going to start off with the first team all-conference offense led by quarterback Eric King a senior from Houston last year he completed 65 point uh, 63.5% of his passes for 2,982 yards also 36 touchdowns and six interceptions up next you have Patrick Taylor a senior from Memphis. Next up, you have another uh, running back, uh, Michael Warren, a junior from Cincinnati. Last year, he ran for 1,321 yards, also 19, uh, 19 touchdowns. Next, you have wide receiver James Proach, wide receiver Marquez Stevenson, a junior from Houston. Last year, he caught 75 catches for 1,019 yards, also nine touchdowns. Up next, you have uh, tight end Mitchell Wilcox, a senior from USF. You also have uh, the offensive line here with tackle Jake Brown, a senior from USF. Uh, you also have offensive guard Cole Schneider, a, snof, a sophomore from Central Florida. Also at center, you have another uh, member from that Central Florida squad, Jordan Johnson, a senior. And also you have uh, Dustin Woodard, a senior from Memphis. And rounding out that offensive line, you got Marcus Norman, a senior from Southern Florida. On the defensive side, starting off with the defensive line, you have Patrick Johnson, a junior from Tulane. Last year, he had 49 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, a fumble recovery, and four forced fumbles. You also got Joseph Dosures. He is a junior from UCF. You also got Delonte Scott, a senior from SMU. You got Sean Bradley, a senior from Temple. And you also got Nate Evans, another senior from UCF. And finally, round out the linebackers, you have Bryce Huff, a senior from Memphis. Last year, he had 49 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, nine and a half uh, sacks. 
in the secondary, you have cornerback Nabell Clark Sr. Uh, from UCF. Last year, he had 46 tackles and two interceptions. Up next, you have safety Richie Grant, excuse me, a junior from UCF. You also got James Wiggins, a junior from Cincinnati. And finally, you got Mike Hampton, a junior from Southern Florida. Now, in the secondary, you have kicker Jake Verity a senior from East Carolina. Last year, he converted 96.4% uh, of his extra point attempts, also 90.5% of his field point uh, field goal attempts, excuse me. He also scored 84 points. He also got punter Jane Smith, kick returner Andre Jones, a sophomore from Tulane. He also got punt returner Isaiah Wright Jr. Uh, from Appalachian State. Uh, he uh, he had 299 punt return yards for two touchdowns, also 873 kick return yards for a touchdown. Let's move on to the recruiting in the uh, in this conference. We're going to start with Navy, who brought in 28 overall recruits, nine three-star athletes, including safety B.J. Gibson and also inside linebacker Tyler King. Up next, we have Connecticut, who will bring in 16 overall commits, 12 three-star recruits, including defensive back Miles Bell, defensive end Eric Watts, who is the 25th overall three-star recruit from South Carolina, and also defensive end Justin Moore. Up next, we have Tulsa. They brought in 21 overall commits, 11 three-star recruits, including defensive tackle Cooper Leak, also tight end Denzel Carter, the fifth-rated, uh, the fifth-rated three-star tight end in the nation, and also inside linebacker Dorian Hopkins. At Temple, they brought in 21 overall commits, 11 three-star recruits, uh, including safety MJ Griffin, quarterback Kanik uh, Bonner-Stewart, and also safety uh, Thomas Joe Kamara, who is a 37th three-star three -star recruit from New Jersey. Uh, up next, we got Tulane, who brought in 20 overall commits, 15 three-star recruits. This includes safety uh, Tyler Judson, the 28th overall three-star recruit from Louisiana, and also athlete Jaquan Johnson. At the number seven spot in the conference, we have Cincinnati. They brought in 16 overall recruits, 15 uh, three-star recruits, including quarter, uh, defensive back, excuse me, Justin Harris. Offensive tackle Jonathan Allen and also defensive end Stephen Hawthorne. For East Carolina, uh, they barely cracked, well, they're almost at the top five, but they bring in 21 overall recruits, uh, 18 three star recruits, including uh, inside linebacker Travion Freshwater and also athlete Demetrius Mani. Uh, up next, we have finally crossed the top five. We have USF here, Southern Florida. They brought in 19 overall commits, 19 three star recruits, including cornerback, uh, though defensive back MacArthur Bennett, a, the sixth rated three-star cornerback in the nation and also the 15th overall three-star prospect from Kansas. They also brought in uh, quarterback Jaquez Evans. Up next, we have Houston. They brought in 18 overall commits, 17 three-star recruits, including Nelson Caesar at the defensive end, also defensive end Tava uh, Tavares Payne, who was a fifth rated three-star uh, prospect at, defensive, at the defensive end spot and is also the fourth rated three-star prospect from Mississippi. And finally, they brought in uh, Gervais 
uh, Gervais Owens, uh, the sixth-rated three-star safety in the nation and also the first-rated three-star prospect coming out of Oklahoma. Now, at the top three, we have SMU, like I said, Southern Methodist University, bringing in 20 commits overall, 17, 17 three-star recruits, including offensive tackle uh, Daniel, uh, Danielson E.K., athlete Kiki Burns, and also wide receiver Calvin Wiggins. For Memphis, they come in at the second spot. They brought in 21, 22 overall commits, 22 three-star recruits. They also uh, That also includes offensive end Cole Mashburn, who was the ninth-rated overall three-star recruit from Oklahoma. They also brought in defensive end Jaleel Clemens and outside linebacker Jalen Sims. And finally, at the number one spot here, we have UCF. They brought in 22 overall commits, 22 three-star guys, including defensive end Traymond Morris-Bash. He is a sixth-rated three-star prospect from Washington, D.C. They also brought in defensive tackle Ken Hester and athlete Demarius Good. Um, as far as some key games go uh, for this season, I uh, definitely one of them, think one of the most important games of the season is going to be UCF in Houston. Uh, we're talking about two of the top, well, two of the favorites, uh, I believe, in their respective divisions. I think Memphis comes back this year, has somewhat of a comeback this year as well. But I've always liked, uh, I've always liked Houston offensively, uh, especially passing the ball. Uh, they actually played a pretty damn good game uh, versus uh, Oklahoma this past weekend. They did not come up with the win, but again, they looked, they played very well. Uh, they played, I think, above their, I would say, above above their abilities. Um, so I definitely have uh, the most important game, in my opinion, is going to be UCF uh, facing off against Houston. As far as my favorites go, uh, this conference is a little bit hard for me because, again, this is one of those conferences that I don't watch a whole lot of. Uh, but just to kind of take a stab at it, I definitely liked what I've seen from uh, Central Florida the past three to four years. Uh, they've been to back-to-back -back major ball games. Uh, they've been recruiting very well. Um, they've had some good coaching there as well and of course they've been recruiting uh they've been the top uh one of the top recruiting teams in the conference uh over the past few years as well so uh my opinion uh there's no reason to say you know ucf can't win it again as far as the sleeper is concerned uh i'm definitely at a cross between memphis and also houston uh they both finished pretty much with the same conference record last year uh, i think i want to get the edge to houston just because they're so dynamic offensively um and they, they can score a lot more points but i think a, a bulk of them uh will be better suited better suited with some better defense as well all right y'all so i'm gonna take a quick break and when i come back i'll be going over the scores from this weekend college football all the top 25 scores at least and remember i still got some uh mlb uh, news to go over as well so i'm gonna take a quick break and i'll be right back All right, y'all, I am back. I'm gonna be talking some top 25 action over the past week. Uh, let's get it started with number one, Clemson getting it done against Georgia Tech. 15 to four, uh, 52, excuse me, to 14 is the final score there. Uh, they, for Clemson, they were led by their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who went 13 to 23 for 168 yards. He did throw for a touchdown for two interceptions as well. Their backup, Chase Bryce, went five or seven for 53 yards, and he also threw for a touchdown. On the ground, they were led by their running back, Travis. AT 
Etienne, who uh, rushed for 205 yards, and he also got three touchdowns. Uh, running backs, Lynn J. Dixon and also Frank Ladson Jr. got some rushing touchdowns as well. In terms of receiving, wide receiver T. Higgins would lead the way with four catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. And also Fred Ladson, the running back, also caught a touchdown as well. On defense, the Tigers were led by linebacker Isaiah Simmons with 10 total tackles and safety Denzel Johnson, who had five total tackles and an interception. For Georgia Tech, on offense, they were led by their quarterback James Graham, who went four or seven from the air, also uh, threw for 72 yards and a touchdown. On the ground, Jordan Mason, their running back, led the way with 72 yards. He also ran for a touchdown as well. Quarterback Tobias Oliver got 54 yards on the ground as well. Um, and you also got, uh, in terms of receiving, running back Jerry Howard Jr. Uh, leading the way. He was able to get two catches for 57 yards. Wide receiver Marion Brown was able to catch an end zone touchdown as well. On defense, the Yellow Jackets were led by their defensive backs, Tariq Carter, who had five total tackles, and also Caleb Oliver, who were going to have six total tackles and an interception. Moving on, we got Utah, number 14 in the nation, getting it done against their main rival, uh, BYU, 30-12 was the final score there. We also got Michigan State getting it done against Tulsa, 28-7. Pretty easy game for them there. Uh, the number 18 in the nation getting it done. Uh, up next, we have number 19, Wisconsin, uh, blowing out South Florida. 49-0 was the final score. But Wisconsin, they were led by the quarterback, Jack. Cohen who went 19 to, uh, 19 to 26, excuse me, for 199 yards. He also uh, threw for two touchdowns. Up next, we have running back Jonathan Taylor, who led the way on the ground, uh, going for 135 yards. Also, um, excuse me, getting two touchdowns on the ground as well as catching uh, touchdown passes, uh, catching a touchdown pass as well. Running backs Nakia Watson and also Bradrick Shaw also ran for touchdowns as well. And on defense, uh, they were led by linebacker Mike McCall, uh, my, uh Mascalunas, who had six total tackles, and also linebacker uh, Zach Brown had three total tackles and a, and a sack. For South Florida, they were led by their quarterback uh, Blake Barnett, who had 13 of 30 for 109 yards and also two interceptions. He also had 29, 26 yards on the ground as well. In terms of receiving, uh, wide receiver Jordan Cronkat will lead the way with three catches and 25 yards. And on defense, they were led by uh, linebacker Patrick Mason, who had 15 total tackles all by itself. Uh, moving on, we got number five, Ohio State, getting it done against Florida Atlantic, 45-21. We also got uh, number 24, oh, uh, Nebraska, excuse me, getting it done against South Alabama, 35-21. We also got uh, number one, the number one team in the nation, right? As of, actually, the number two team in the nation as of right now, Alabama getting it done against Duke, 42-3 was the final score. We also got Stanford, the number 25 team in the nation, getting their first win of the season against Northwestern, 17 to seven was the final score there and we also got uh Syracuse, the number 22 team in the nation, getting it done against Liberty, 24-7. to uh, We also got Miami of Ohio taking a loss to Iowa, the number 20 team in the nation, 38-14 to was the final score. We got Michigan, the number 17, getting it done against Middle Tennessee, 40-21. to You also got LSU getting a big win, an easy win, against Georgia Southern, number 16 in the nation, that being LSU. 55-3 was the final score. We got number three, Georgia, getting it done against 
in an early SEC matchup against Vanderbilt, 30-6 was the final score. And we also got a two top uh, 25 teams getting at it. Uh, Oregon and Auburn had the big, uh, the big time game on Saturday. Auburn was able to pull out of that one, 27-21 was the final score with Auburn on top. Of course, Oregon was number 11 in the nation heading into that game. Auburn uh, was number 16. But for Auburn, they were led by their quarterback, Bo Nix, uh, who, who went 13-31 for 177 yards. Also, two touchdowns, including the game winner. He also threw two picks as well. Uh, running back Jatarvis Whitlow uh, also did his thing. I think he had uh, about 100, uh, over 100 yards, a touchdown as well. Wide receiver Seth um, Williams had four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And wide receiver Eli Stone also had a uh, also received a touchdown as well. Uh, on the defense, they were led by the defensive back, Jeremiah Denson, who had 13 total tackles in the sack, and also their linebacker, Owen uh, Papo, who had five total tackles. Uh, for Oregon on offense, they were led by their quarterback, Justin Herbert. He went 28-37 for a touchdown. On ground, they were led by C.J. Verdell, who added 76 yards and a touchdown. And also, Darian Felix added a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, wide receiver Johnny Johnson uh, Johnny Johnson led the way there with seven total catches and 98 yards on, uh, in the air. And also, tight end Spencer Webb was able to catch a touchdown pass as well. On the defensive decks were led by Troy Dye, who had 15 total tackles and also linebacker backer Isaac Slade uh, Matuita who had six total tackles again Oregon um, I did not necessarily like how the game played out um, offensively we we looked pretty good in the beginning but uh, over the course of the half uh, we weren't making the same plays and again I don't want them to come back and haunt us in a game like you know a game versus Washington or Washington State uh, what points are going to come from a mini uh, uh, or going to be at a premium in those games. So it kind of sucks to see that offense, that Oregon offense kind of fall apart in that second half. Uh, but we played, I mean, for the most part, we didn't get blown out and we didn't necessarily, you know, beat ourselves. So you got to you gotta give us some props there. Um, and again, we just got to pull those games. We got we to gotta be able to win those games at some point. So I'm looking for the Ducks to turn, to turn the corner at some point and win those big time games. That's my biggest thing. But good luck to Auburn. Uh, they played a pretty damn good game. Bo Nix is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, moving on, we got Louisiana Tech here uh, taking an L to the number 10 team, Texas. 45-10 uh, to 10 was the final score there. We got Washington State, number 23 in the nation, getting a good, getting a good easy early win against New Mexico State, 58-7. to 7. And um, we got Oklahoma, the number 14 in the nation, getting it done against Houston here, 49-31. to 31. Uh, let's break this one down here for Houston. They were led by their quarterback, the Eric King. He went 14 to 27, uh, 14 to 27 for 167 passing yards. He also threw for two touchdowns as well. He also lead the team on the ground with 103 rushing yards. And he also ran for a touchdown as well. Uh, in terms of receiving, uh, we got uh, Marquez Stevenson. He was also able to catch seven cat, uh, seven passes uh, for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also, running back Kyle Porter was able to get a touchdown as well. On defense, Houston was led by their, by their safeties, Grant Stewart, who had 16 total tackles, and also uh, say, uh, also Gervarius Owens, who had seven total tackles. And on for Oklahoma on offense, they were led by their new transfer quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who went 20 of 33 for 332 yards. He also had uh, three touchdowns. Um, 
in the air as well. He also ran for 176 yards on the ground, leading uh, the team in that department as well. You also got Trey Sermon getting 91 yards on the ground. You also got running back uh, Ramondre Stevenson getting a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, Charles Rambo led all receivers with three catches, 105 yards and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb was also able to catch a touchdown as well as the fullback Jeremiah Hall. On defense, uh, the Sooners were led by their linebacker Kenneth Murray, who had 13 total tackles and a sack, and they also were led by the, the defensive lineman Ronnie Perkins, who had seven total tackles and a sack. And finally, rounding out the top 25, uh, number nine Notre Dame was able to get it done last night against Louisville. The final score was 35 to 17. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a take one last quick break, and when I come back, we'll be breaking down some baseball. I have a baseball update for you guys. I got some news. I'll be going over the, the scores and the stats from last night, uh, at least some of the scores, of course. And then uh, finally, uh, we got the standings as well. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. Back. I'm gonna wrap this up for today. Like I said, I got an MLB update for you guys. I'm gonna start off with some of the top news stories for you guys. And it looks like the family of the of the former uh, Angels pitcher uh, Tyler Skaggs at one point will be or has decided to file a wrongful death suit against the team. Toxicology reports have shown that two opioids, fentanyl and oxycodone, were found in his system along with a high blood alcohol alcohol content. Uh, of course, he died on July the 1st, uh, earlier this year. Uh, my cold condolences to him and his family. Uh, now, this is a... Um, this is a claim coming from the family now. Uh, they went on to say that circumstances surrounding Tyler's death may involve an employee of the Los Angeles Angels. The MLB also has launched its own personal investigation. So the family believes that somebody was involved in their son's death. Uh, they're believing that somebody might have given him these pills. Uh, now, the question comes up. Um, now, again, uh, the team could be held liable if their if the employee did happen to get the drugs to Skaggs. Uh, however, there is uh, the, the debate right now on, as to whether or not did he test positive for these drugs beforehand, as though he was already taking these uh, and got caught up with them, and they, maybe they were a problem. Uh, now, there's also a question uh, that they could have been part of a treatment program as well. So that has not been fully determined yet. I think when the coroners or the investigators find out you know how the drugs are distributed to him that will pretty much determine what the case what type of case the family has um again uh, as far as you know basically the information that i've that i've you know come across now uh they were able to do the toxicology reports they did the autopsy so on and so forth like i you know just reported they found two opioids in the system very serious ones at that fentanyl and oxycodone um and again i it's hard. I don't want to speculate, um, but it's very hard to say that anybody with any medical knowledge or 
anything like that. Again, I, again but then again, I don't know uh, the treatment for any of these situations. That could have been a that could have been you know a a two doser for a treatment. We don't know that per se, uh, but I find it very just shocking and very hard and just very hard to deal with it. Again, we're dealing with the situation with the key word here: opioids. Opioids again have taken out another young human being. They've taken out another human being in general. Um, I'm not too sure how they got into his system, and there's only really two ways. Either he had a drug problem that uh, nobody uh, was able to find out, or maybe he had some discipline from the league about it and just hadn't really found his way in terms of really uh, dealing with that problem. Or again, there is again there is that possibility that this, these could have been prescribed to him. Uh, again, those details have not been released yet, and those details have, I don't think those details have actually been uh, hammered out just yet. Uh, but but um, R.I.P. To, uh, to Tyler, and I want to send his condolences out to his family, regardless of what his background might have been, uh, regardless of what the struggles he might have been through. Just uh, when I talked about Cedric mentioned the same kind of thing, because um, despite you know the, neg the negative things he might have gotten into or anything like that or his vices, uh, people seem to have st stood by that person as in terms of his quality, in terms of the quality of his character and how he treated them. Uh, Tyler Skaggs were, was remembered by his teammates and uh, many fans of the, of, the, of the Los Angeles Angels in a really positive way. So it wouldn't be right for me, especially from somebody who does not know too much about him, does not know him as a human being. Same thing with Cedric Benson. It would not be fair for me to get into all his personal business with you guys and to kind of air that out. Um, I'll let you guys, if you guys are into that, find that on your own. And you guys can t uh, do with it what you will. But on this show, I will try to not get into the negative aspects, uh, too many and too many demonizing aspects of people. I'm not going to be the type to do that again, unless you really are somewhat of a demon, and it's generally consensus that nobody likes you. But again, uh, with the cases of Tyler Skaggs and Cedric Vincent, uh, they might have had their demons, they might have had their issues, but they were very well loved by their communities and their families. And um, to me, that's what really that that's what really matters. And hopefully, I I hope. Uh, they get to the bottom of this because again uh, opioids are a very serious issue from everybody from all walks of life from no matter race no matter uh, obviously it doesn't matter what class you come from it doesn't matter what your line of uh, working is obviously opioids are a very serious problem in this nation and I think there needs to be some type of uh, step up on a legislative level uh, to to, to combat this honestly this, this is a damn shame another young life or another life period wasted or destroyed by this by this by these chemicals here opioids so we, i think uh we all need to take a step to to research that and maybe uh you know maybe some at some point in time there somebody does step up and make some legislation about this i do like some of the steps that the state of oklahoma is taking to hold these companies accountable and start suing these guys and hitting them in their wallets um maybe something like this you know maybe with more of that type of proactive action stuff like this with mr mr skaggs or actually tyler excuse me tyler i don't know if you want to be ever referred to as mr skaggs but he ever wanted to be referred to as mr but in the case of this guy this young man here tyler maybe we avoid that next time that's the hope 
Uh, but moving on on a positive note, uh, the Minnesota Twins have made history, and they're still probably making some history. The season is not over yet. Uh, but they've broken the team record for uh, home runs in the season with their 268 homer uh, less uh, in it. Uh, their 268 homer on Saturday. Uh, they hit six homers in a 10 to one, a 10 to seven loss versus the Tigers in Detroit. Uh, but uh, Mitch Garver hit two. Max Kepler also hit one. Jose Polanco, also C.J. Cron, and Nelson Cruz also homered again. Uh, this broke the record set by the Yankees last year at 267. Uh, Polanco has 20 home runs on the season along with eight other players and this is the most by any other team in MLB history. Uh, they are currently tied for the Astros with uh, tied with the Astros for the record of five games with six or more. Actually, they broke that record recently, uh, and they broke broken it by a large margin. Actually, they're at 11 games now uh, with six home runs or more. Uh, so again, this team hits pretty well. They're smacking the ball. They're hitting for power. They're slugging percentages. I'm telling you, they're probably the highest. And I, they're, they're definitely one of the, their historical highs. Uh, the OPS, uh, the off the, excuse me, the on base plus slugging percentage. I'm telling you, that's high as well and they've gone 49 and 1 uh, in their entire history pretty much in games where they hit six uh six or more home runs so they're pretty successful uh, as you can tell this year they've been successful they're still the top spot in their in their division the al central so um i, I mean this is this is probably if, at least offensively one of the scarier teams to look at come um, playoff time so look out for minnesota definitely and finally uh we have some more individual achievements uh steven strasburg from the washington Nationals. Uh, he has gone four uh, Saturday. He had gone four and zero against the Mariners uh, on the year. Uh, actually, uh, with an ERA of 1.61, and uh, in about 23 and a half innings versus that team. And it was 11 straight games versus the Marlins. 11 straight win against the Marlins. He only gave up 20. Uh, against and guess what? He only gave up two hits. Uh, at the top of the first inning, then he retired 22 straight batters in that whole game. So that was a record as well. He went for eight scoreless innings. He gave, and he also had 14 strikeouts. Uh, he broke some career records as well. Uh, this was his sixth. Uh, he won his 16th game of a season, which is a career high. So yes, this was another uh, career high from him and a pretty good season from him. I've been telling you guys for a while, he's been a really top, I mean, a really he has top 10 talent, uh, the media and all that, they kind of don't talk about him a whole lot, but he's a damn good pitcher. Currently, yes, he has, he has two, 201 strikeouts on a year. He has a season ERA of 3.63. So again, uh, he broke couple records he broke a MLB record for actually his own personal record uh, for retired batters and also uh, he, he tied a career high for uh, season wins so uh, good look on Steven Strasburg definitely one of the most underlooked and underrated uh, pitchers in the past few uh, three or four years uh, really since he got drafted he had really a two about a two year stretch when he was one of the top pitchers in the league then things kind of fell apart for him and of course we already know about the Nationals and them choking in the playoffs so he hasn't really gotten a lot of the attention maybe that I felt like he has deserved uh, but again his numbers don't lie uh, he's dominated the Marlins he has a 1.61 ERA against them again uh, and, and just overall he's 
he's had a really good season. 201 strikeouts, you can't beat it, uh, especially for a top ace in the rotation. Uh, but let's move on. We're going to go through the scores from last night. And uh, we're going to start off in the AL with the Yankees getting a win against my A's. 5-4 to four with the final score there. We got the uh, Cardinals getting a win against the Reds, 4-3. to three. Uh, We got the Astros getting a win against the Blue Jays. I believe that was two to uh, three to two. We got the Rays getting a win against the Indians, uh, eight to two. Uh, for the Rays, they were led by their uh, by their first baseman, who was a pinch hitter last night, Travis Dearnod. He had two hits in the RBI, two hits and two RBIs. Uh, uh, we also got uh, first baseman Nate Lowe, who had two hit, who had two hits and two RBIs as well. And Charlie Morton will go on to get the win, we're going for five innings, giving up four hits, a earned run, and eight Ks. And for the Indians, they get they did get a two-run home run from their left fielder, Jake Bowers. Uh, up next, we have... Um... Uh, up next, we have the Rangers. I'm sorry, the Mets getting it done against the Nationals, seven to three. The Orioles, uh, sorry, the Twins beating the Tigers, uh, four to three. We have the Phillies getting the win against the Reds, seven to one. We also got the Cardinals beat the Giants. I'm sorry. Uh, not the Cardinals. Uh, oh, let's skip that one. That was a, that, that one doesn't count. Uh, we have the Cubs getting a win against the Mariners, five to one. For the, the Mariners, they were led by their second baseman D Gordon, who hit an RBI. Uh, for the Cubs, they got uh, some action from Kyle Schwarber, who had a three-run triple. Shortstop Addison Russell also hit an RBI. The pitcher Kyle Hendricks hit, uh, went for six innings. He got three hits off of him, but he only gave up one run. He also had seven strikeouts. And he was able to get the win. Uh, uh, up next, we have the Padres getting it done against the Diamondbacks. Actually, the, the Diamondbacks getting it done against the Padres. 14-7 uh, to 7 was the final score here. But the Padres, they were led by their second baseman, Ty France, who had two hits and three RBIs. Also, uh, left fielder Nick Martini had two hits and an RBI as well. And first baseman, uh, Josh Naylor had two hits and an RBI. Uh, moving on to the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Diamondbacks were led by their second baseman, Quito Marte, who had two hits including a home run, also four RBIs. Left fielder Josh Rojas had four hits and two RBIs, and pitcher Mike Leak was able to get the win, going for six innings, giving up eight hits, but only one on run, and got uh, some strikeouts as well. Uh, moving on, uh, we have, finally, we have the Rockies taking another loss, this time to the Dodgers, 9-16. to Let's move on to the standings at this point in the week. We got the Yankees, who are still on top, 90-49. and They've gone 7-3 in their last 10. Up next, we have the Rays at 81-58. and they, They're just nine games back, 6-4 in the last 10. Uh, and, and we also got uh, the Red Sox here at 74-63. and uh, They're Further along back, three and seven in the last ten, and finally bringing up the rear, we have the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Uh, the Blue Jays are at 55 and 84, and the Orioles are at 45 and 92. Up next in the AL Central, we have the Twins on top at 85 and 52. They've gone eight and two in the last ten. Up next, we have the Indians, who are a few games back at this point. Uh, uh, they are 80 and 58. They've gone six and four in the last ten. And rounding out the rest of the AL Central, we have the, uh, the White Sox, who are. 60 and, six, uh, 60 and 77, the Royals who had 49 and 89, and also the Tigers at 40 and 95. Moving on to the AL West, we have the Astros here who have still maintained their top spot. They are currently 90 and 49, 
8 and 2 in the last 10. Up next, we have the A's at 78 and 58, 10 and a half games back. They're going 5 and 5 in the last 10. Uh, we have the Rangers, Angels, and Mariners here. Uh, the Rangers are 68 and uh, 71 in the third place spot. The, uh, the Angels are 65 and 73. And finally, in the last place spot, we have the Mariners at 58. And 81. Let's move on to the National League. Uh, we're starting off in the National League East with the Braves, who are on top, 85 and 54. They've gone eight and two in the last ten. Same thing with the Nationals. They've also gone eight and two in the last ten, but they are still six and a half games back in the division at 77 and 59. Up next in the third place spot, we have the Phillies here at 71 and 65, 12 and a half games back. They've gone five and five in the last ten. Finally, at the bottom, we have the Mets, uh, who have finally, in my opinion, well. I think they're they're kind of uh, could they still be in the playoff mix? I don't know. I don't think so. I I, I think they've they've eliminated they've cooled off a little bit. Uh, but currently they're at seven uh, 70 and 67, 14 games back. And of course at the bottom we have the Marlins at 48 and 88. Uh, in the NL Central we have the Cards who have maintained their first place spot for now. They are 77 and 60, eight and two in their last ten. Up next we have the Cubs who have gone to, who are currently 74 and 63, just three games back at the moment. But they are five and five in the last ten. Uh, we up next we have the Brewers here in the third place play spot 70 and 67 seven games back they've gone five and five in their last 10 and finally at the bottom we have the reds and the pirates uh, the reds are at 64 and 74 and the pirates are at 60 and 77 now let's finally wrap this up we're going to go to the nl west uh, we're going to start off with the dodgers who are at 90 and 50 they've gone five and five in the last 10 up next are the diamondbacks who are 71 and 67 18 games back no end in sight. No, there's no chance. Um, we also have the Giants here, 66 and 71 is their current record. Let's not worry about them either. We also have the Padres and the Rockies uh, rounding out the rear. Uh, the Padres are currently 64 and 73, and the Rockies are at 59 and 80. Now, before I wrap everything up, uh, let's take a quick look at the wild card uh, rankings real quick. For the AL, you have the Tampa Bay Rays who are on top. They are currently 81 and 58. We have the Cleveland Indians here at 80, 80 and 50. And finally, we have the A's here, just two games back from two of those, from both of those guys. Actually, uh, two games back from Cleveland, three games back from Tampa Bay. The A's are currently at 78 and 58. Off to the NL, where we have the Nationals here. They currently have a top, well, they have a Clint. They, they are holding on to that number one spot with some talents. They're currently 77 and 59. Up next, we have the Cubs here at 74 and 69. So, of course, if the season were to end today, the Nationals and the Cubs will face off. Uh, but we do have some more time here, and the Cubs are about three games behind the Cubs here at 65, uh, 71, excuse me, 71 and 65. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, uh, I will be having, well, I still got to go over some NFL uh, new. Mm, excuse me, I gotta go over some NFL news as well as some divisional previews there. I got a review on the way for you guys. I went through the whole uh, Parks and Rec series. I loved it. I'll be having a review for you guys as well there. Of course, we're gonna be having some work on the street. And then uh, I'll be working on part, I believe it will be part six at this point of my Golden State issue, the history of California immigration. So I'll be working on that as well this week. I might not have that ready for you this week, uh, but keep an eye out for that uh, 
in the coming, I'll say by next, by, uh, give me another week for that, for that project there. Uh, but if you are looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my Gmail account at ljbutler75, that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. You can also reach me at Facebook and on Instagram uh, at ljamalajani, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Uh, that is L Jamal Johnny. Also, the Facebook page for the actual show as well with some content and some links there. So, if you're looking to look me up, if you're looking to find me on uh, find the show on Facebook, you're looking for it there at Never Out of Bounds. All right, y'all, I'm signing out for the day. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out, one love, and I will holler at y'all guys later.